Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and welcome to the very first, the inaugural post-conference presser. So some of you may have seen the message that Eddie Candy put up on Discord around that we're looking to launch this again, sort of get insights around particularly Klopp's presser, thoughts for the coming games and with it being Christmas, there is a heck of a lot to cover. So, bit of a first one. We'll see how it goes. We'll take any feedback on board, but very much excited, very much looking forward to it. Pleased to say that I am not in a field in rural Ireland, but I'm pleased to say that I am being joined by the King of Scotland himself. So, we've broken him, broken him out his podcast embalming fluids, and we had with us Mr. Eddie Gibbs. Eddie, how are we? I'm very good, Dave. Well, as well as can be expected, I'm in the midst of a of a COVID storm just now. Uh, first time I've had it, so uh, I'm hoping to get better soon. But it's kind of uh, kiboshed all the Christmas plans. But uh, it did mean that I had the opportunity to join you today for your uh, your inaugural go at the show. Obviously, it's something that long-time listeners will be aware that Gags and I used to do this back in the day before... Uh, life got in the way <laughs> and uh, our schedules never worked anymore but no I'm, I'm i'm really interested to see what you do with it so uh let's give it a go and uh, and see where we end up Brill, we'll see if that's still the case when i put you on the spot numerous times by the end but we'll go from there good stuff so guys let's get straight into clock's presses so it was only a, a short while ago eddie um it's one of those i probably catchphrase it is not too much said, and maybe, maybe there might be more in the uh, embargo section, which we'll touch upon later. But there's a few key points we've got to run through. Funnily enough, the big mug was there, the normal one mug, the smile was there at times as well. And as usual, Eddie, it starts with Sky, doesn't it? So Sky in the first up asking, funnily enough, Eddie, Sky questions. So the first one they come to, the Carragher comments from last night. So Jamie Carragher specifically, if anyone's not seen it, mentioning that Klopp is going to ask the owner for serious investment this summer, anywhere up to £250 million, not to be sniffed at if we're going to be successful. Interesting, Eddie, could response, a bit of a giggle, mentioning it's Christmas time, saying, hmm, maybe guarded, I don't know about 
that exact amount, but I am not against investment and we'll have to see what the future brings. Element of a political answer there. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I don't think Klopp, it's kind of like monopoly money the way he sees it. You know I mean? I know he knows it's real money, but when he hears figures like that in a press conference, I think all you can do is laugh. I mean, everyone knows, every fan, and we've been saying ourselves since the summer, the squad needs this sort of investment and Klopp knows yeah. that. They're not they're not silly, you know what I mean? They know that full well. It's just that, and obviously all the all the talk about changes of ownership and all that, but no, no one really knows how much is going to be there to invest. We've all got an idea based on the fact that money really wasn't spent uh, to the level that it might have been last summer. And we all know that there's probably a, a sign in that they've had earmarked for that money using the budget yeah. from last summer, this January and next summer. But all that's up in the air, really. And as, as far as any of us from outside go, because we just don't know what's going to happen with the ownership. And I, I know Klopp said as well that he doesn't, but I mean, he's going to have a better idea than us. And I think that the 250, the 250, is is a starting point it really is i mean what <laughs> players cost i mean a year uh, uh, t- 10 years ago that would have bought your whole squad almost you know what i mean but yeah. now it's uh now that's going to get you two or three really good players so you could twist you could kind of reverse it uh the 250 million you could say well rather than the question being asked he's told the owners they need to invest 250 million you could have just told the in, in owners that he needs two or three players because it's the same thing that's all 250 million gets you. As we know, these things are amortized over various transfer, win- various windows and, and uh, financial financial milestones. That's how a transfer works. So it's very easy to throw that rudimentary figure out there. And it's probably not far off the mark. Yeah, interesting one. Probably and linking it to, to what you said there about specific players in, in numerous windows. Funnily enough, the follow-up question was around January and specifically Jude Bellingham. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, Eddie was name-checked. So the question was asked, is that possible? And are you looking at it in January? You probably guessed that his reaction to are you looking at it in January was a hearty Santa-style chuckle. But he did expand further in January, saying he's the wrong person to ask. But almost similar to what Linda said the other day, we're always prepared and we'll have to wait and see but I'll work with what I have. Again, the element of the, the clever politician's answer. Guarded, or do you see anything more on that one at all? The only thing that I really take from that one is the one is the same way as he was asked it in the summer when his response was very much that that player's not for sale. The one thing that, the one big takeaway that I think we can have as fans here is that Klopp's not saying it's rooted in fantasy. He's not saying that's another club's player and we don't talk about players from other clubs. You know what I mean? He's not going to any of, he's not going to any of those pigeonhole answers that he could use to kind of just pass the thing off. Each time it's a laugh, a chuckle, uh, a throwaway comment that basically says it doesn't, it doesn't remove us from the equation of Jude Bellingham. And I suppose that's a positive that we can take as fans. Do we see it happen in January? Of course not. Is Klopp going to turn around and say it's not happening in January? No. Is he going to turn around and it's going to happen in the summer? No. You know what I mean? It, it very much is a wait and see. If something was to materialise where uh, that could happen, then of course we're prepared to move. He has to say that. It's the only answer he can really give. Yeah, indeed. But no doubt Twitter will read 18 million things into it, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Probably... Um... An interesting one. Only a small one came towards the end, but I'll move it up in the agenda a bit. Mm-hmm. 
Julian Ward, because I know there's been many an article on the sporting director role. So they actually put Klopp on the spot around what he knew. And he did confirm he was told after the Southampton game to give us that timeline. Said he was surprised when he was told, but specifically reiterated that Ward is 100% committed and was keen to reiterate as well, Eddie, that it doesn't change anything for this coming window at all. Agree with all that? No, not really. I think that I think that there's obviously been something that's happened that fans again, we won't know these things. You can speculate based on what's out there if you want. But I mean you can say that you can say that he was surprised, maybe he was surprised by the timing of it, but he'll know that there was stuff going on behind the scenes. I mean, these things don't just happen overnight. It's not just like everything's rosy in the garden and then suddenly the snow falls. Yeah, that's not how it works. You know, I mean, there's there's obviously been either discontentment from Klopp's side, discontentment yeah. from Ward's side, discontentment from FSG. There's been something that's triggered all this. So maybe he's surprised that whatever the ramifications were behind that led to Julian Ward coming out and deciding to hand his notice in. But the bottom line is Klopp can't say he would be 100% surprised by that. And as for the window being the same, I, I've thought about this one a few times when uh, when Tom Werner come out and said that uh, it's business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> now, to most fans of football clubs, when they hear business as usual, that would mean, no, everything's great. We're going to be buying players. We're going to be doing this. But business yeah. as usual, as far as FSG is concerned, means uh, we'd probably not be doing anything. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, certainly in January, it might mean a couple of loans based on previous history. So uh, the business of usual one is is a really, that can be looked at two ways. And I think that's really all Klopp's saying here as well, is business as usual. But the... You can't. Here's another thing, right? Gags had this conversation with Michael Edwards a few years ago, and we we podcast we did a podcast on that. And one of the things that Michael Edwards said, and one of the big takeaways from that, is that uh, Liverpool plan their windows two yeah. or three years in advance. Big, so yeah. how can it how can it be business as usual if that's no longer happening? If the people that are involved in that process are all leaving in the summer, you know what I mean? So I I, I don't take that business as usual. I take that with a pinch of salt. It, Again, it's a, it's an easy answer, and it's the only one you can yeah. really. But I'm not I'm not buying business as usual. Yeah, sensible soundbite. I agree. Not really a, anything else you can give, unfortunately. But there we go. This one, Eddie, in, depressingly, seems to become a longer section every press conference we may go to at the moment. But we've got to talk about injuries. So. I think, as was said at the time when it was asked, that we'd only spoken a short while ago, so it was more updates with Klopp's on the back of the, the City game. So what do we know? Bobby and Millie out for a couple of games, so we are set to, set to miss them over the Christmas period. Trent is expected back, so it was a confirmed illness. Alisson and VVD expected back, nothing new there. Probably the, the one thing, which is almost a, a disclaimer, they mentioned it last night as well, the virus ripping through the squad. He used that phrase specifically, so we just need to maybe keep an eye on that. And also, Ibu back in training on the 27th. Anything surprise you there at all, or just exactly what you thought it would be? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. 
we have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Well, we didn't know what the story was. Obviously, we were speaking yesterday. Uh, we got kind of a bit of an inkling into what the team might be around yeah. lunchtime yesterday. And uh, me and you were talking about that. And uh, one of the things that kind of happened after that was there was about six different <laughs> six different versions of that team that came yeah. out. And even the person that gave us the information was unsure at one point of what may have been changing at that time. So we weren't sure with the virus. And uh, as someone who's uh, a bit choked up with the virus myself right now, I can't even imagine walking the dog or putting the bins out, never mind playing a Premier League football match. Yeah. So it's, uh, if, uh, if Trent has come down with something and he's unable to train, then I, I mean, it's, all well and good to say he's expected to be back, but he's not going to be able to play ninety minutes if he's uh, if he's if he's inflicted by any sort of virus uh, without any training. So uh, I don't know if we'll see him start or be on the bench or whatever. The the the, the more worrying ones are obviously the, the 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 Firmino, which again yesterday we heard initially was a virus, but then transpired it was an injury, and they're not, becoming yeah. very. They're becoming very frequent now uh, for him as well. Uh, for for someone that hardly had any injuries. He, he does seem to pick up these things quite a lot now. And coming into this last six months of a contract, uh, I know a lot of people swither one way or the other on whether they would be offering him that contract. And the talk is obviously the club have put an offer down to him that he's not yet accepted or or rejected. But uh, yeah. for me, that for me, these repeated injuries, they just compound it for me that, uh, that if you were going to let him go at the end of this season, walk away into the sunset, say, thanks for everything, body. You've been an absolute legend. Go and enjoy the last years of your career in the sun with a nice long deal and a big payday somewhere, all the best. And what that might allow Liverpool to do is coming into this this window where we're going to be without Diaz and without Jota, is maybe go and move a striker, a forward option forward, like we did last year with Diaz, knowing that Mane was probably going to be leaving in the summer. So that's what I'd like to do rather than just potentially <laughs> go and loan someone or or do something like that. So uh, I, I think that that's the writings on the wall for that one for me. It's probably not the way the club will go. Certainly out of character for the way Jurgen Klopp seems to operate. Uh, but that's uh, that's certainly the way I do it. And James Milner, uh, what can you say about him? I mean, he's another one. He seems to pick up injuries all the time. Now, let's keep yeah. in mind, Firmino and Milner, I mean, the training may have been rigorous in, in Dubai. I, I would expect that to be so. But these guys haven't had any action for over a month now. So for them to just be pulling up straight away with injuries, Bobby in training, Milner in his, Milner after half an hour of a match, it's it's really worrying. And I mean, Milner's, you, as you get older, you don't get injured less. <laughs> so sure. it's, a, it's really worrying that Milner's a massive, because of his versatility, he's a massive squad option for Klopp, and that because he plays all these positions, and that's why Klopp has kept him, uh, kept renewing him each year. But I think, I think the writing's on the wall there as well. The time's up, and Father Time waits for no one. And I think we've seen there that uh, James Milner's legs have gone; he, they are they are gone. And it's such a shame, actually, for the lad himself to be putting putting playing it right right back against a pacey young Man City forward yeah. yesterday. I mean, I felt so sorry for him in some ways. He's just he's just not a Premier League player anymore. And that's nothing, no fault of the guy whatsoever. Uh, but 
this is this is poor squad management for Liverpool, and now they're they're they're, they're reaping the pain of of these decisions that were made. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could almost challenge any of that, but yeah, age, miles on the clock, as was mentioned there, Bobby and Millie have been such key parts of what we've done. It's, it's going to take it its toll, and knock-on effect. Interesting, like you said, with Bobby, is it a sense-over-sentiment one? I remember it was a week ago, Neil Jones mentioning it might even be a Christmas surprise, but would it be the Christmas surprise that everyone wants to find? Probably a different question, but yeah, there's probably one. Let's hope, Eddie. We talk about this less and less and less in this as the weeks go on, but unfortunately, we'll see what the Christmas period brings. And then maybe the final one to pull out from the conference. Natural question. Again, we'll see if you think it's a straight back, the restart. So Klopp very much confirming, excited, happy, everyone back from the World Cup. Almost pressed a little bit further later on. Does, does he feel anyone has been affected by the World Cup? Felt like a loading almost pushing his Darwin, carrying it maybe last night, you know any of those players, said, no, well out of the mind, shouldn't be any issues at all. Agree or a standard response, are we thinking? I, I think, I actually think that it will benefit us. I really do. I think that he's every reason to be excited. I mean, I don't think, we can talk a little bit about last night's game in a minute, but the, the thing that got me with the World Cup was that we were one of the clubs that probably came out with it came out of it really well. Uh, yeah. Most of our guys were gone by the quarterfinals. That I mean, Canati will have a bit of a headache, but he's a young guy. He's got more World Cups ahead of him and he's just gone and played in a World Cup final. You know what I mean? One of the... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'll ignore the hyperbole over this greatest World Cup final of all time after 70 minutes of absolute dire football. <laughs> the, uh, maybe the best extra time of all time, but it's... Uh, and can, that's the funny bit is that's all Canati played in. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is a, it's an interesting one, but fingers crossed. Can't, can't really see any... It's, it's that simple, isn't it? We can't really see anyone affected by it. It worked well. Maybe positively, maybe positively on the, on the sides of both Darwin and Trent, who who will feel they've got points to prove after yeah. disappointing World Cups for different reasons. Darwin being part of this last great carnation of Uruguayan players where he's kind of part of the baton handover from the Suarez and Cavani True. era. Uh, and he, he's not taken that mantle yet, you know what I mean? So it's whether to see he can rise to that level in this new incarnation of a Uruguay side. And then for Trent, I mean, he's, he's literally been taken as a, as a, as a training, uh, as a training aid, hasn't he, for the yeah. camp? Yeah, realistically, a Gareth Southgate cone, unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm crossed. sure there'll be, uh, I'm sure he'll be, uh, a disappointed lad when he saw that Southgate uh, has been renewed because uh, he'd have been one of those that would have uh, hoped that maybe Gareth Southgate would have uh, would have packed it in, even though he's got a couple of years left on his contract. But he'd have hoped that Gareth Southgate would have maybe jacked it, uh, and that's yeah. not the case. So, so really, Trent, this is uh, probably another another major tournament's going to pass him by in a, in, a, in eighteen months' time, where he's either bench warming or he's not involved because uh, there's no way Gareth Southgate's going to be changing his makeup and his opinion of Trent anytime soon. Indeed. And as an Englishman, there's that part, but I'm going to be honest, a Liverpool fan, absolutely brilliant. The less Trent plays, hopefully <laughs> Hendo will retire and we carry on reaping the rewards from us. So, yeah, plenty in the, uh, the press to talk about. And we'll come to a, a few bits. Moving on to the next section, we always want to talk about the last game, realistically, if we get any clues. And to be honest, what a game last night for the neutral, Eddie. Right last night, the City game, Carabao Cup. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me 
and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. 3-2 thriller. Probably, let's be honest, some bits we were pleased by, some bits maybe not so much. Klopp was naturally pressed on this in the game, said, yeah, not fully happy about certain parts. He was aware that before the first goal, and I, I tend to agree with him here, City could have scored a few times. There was a lack of counter-press at times as well. He actually said it was non-existent as well in certain occasions. But he did sort of balance it again, which he likes to do. Many reasons to be optimistic at the same time. Agree with those sentiments, having watched it? Well, the, the most optimistic he'll be is that he's out of it. So that'll be the, that'll be the main <laughs> thing. Is uh, He'll be taking some salvation from the fact that he's not got a play in it anymore because the squad is massively stretched thin. When you, when you look at coming back from a month off, and Liverpool have all of these selection headaches. That shows how paper thin this squad is. And I mean, the last thing it needed was a, was was a cup run. And I don't think he'd be too disappointed if he goes out of the FA Cup at the first hurdle either. I really don't because Liverpool have to try and get top four, and they don't need any distractions uh, any distractions from that. And there's two routes to top four. One is winning the Champions League, and the other one's finishing top four in the league. So they the, they've got to be the two objectives in in line with what Liverpool have planned for whatever they have planned this summer so these two cups uh we had a great time last year i saw you down in london for the final yeah. you were you were worse for wear i won't lie and uh, we had a great day uh but it's uh it's one of those that uh we, we've had that now and uh, i think that we've got bigger fish to fry so uh being out of that cup is probably the best thing that could have happened and that, that's a small mercy i know last night's game specifically i was talking to some people after this uh, on Discord, and the the thing that kind of came across to me was that we were we were we were only starting one of our preferred back five. I think Man yeah. City were much the same. So this was always going to be a game about who could take their chances. There was always going to be chances. Definitely. Who would win the midfield battle? Who would take their chances? Haaland, KDB, absolute elite level. It wouldn't have mattered if Liverpool had their best defenders; they would have still had a job containing those guys. True. But uh, I think that. That they had the elite level players that came up trumps on the night, and unfortunately for us, we missed some good chances. We switched off from a corner. We 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 did some. We made some strange decisions, but they're almost the sort of decisions you would expect of a preseason friendly. So maybe there's something in that. You know, what I mean, maybe that's the way that really Klopp saw this game. Yeah, probably a, a fair assessment, and. I, I totally agree with with all that. There's, there's still things to to be positive about. Maybe moving into the personnel, Eddie. There's probably somewhere it's right to be positive. But the way I want to look at this is in and out. So, is there anyone when you looked at last night's game and you sort of think about it, reflected on it, that you thought they've maybe 
played themselves in. I know the three kids started. There's quite a you know quite a rotation of five subs used as well, wasn't it? All the senior players came on. Even Nat Phillips got an outing for maybe surprising for some. So maybe has anyone played themselves in? But based on performances, because there was a, a few people who were getting it quite heavy on Twitter, let's put it that way. Was there anyone who you'd say played themselves out of contention for Villa at all? <laughs> out of contention, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think Klopp would already had his Villa team in mind before last night, and we can kind of make some assessments of that when we talk about that. But the... Uh, in terms of played out of contention, probably not. Maybe Joe Gomez, but I thought he did all right when he went to right back. I just don't think he's a he's an elite level Premier League centre half anymore. And yeah, that's quite sad. That's quite sad to say, but that's the regression that we've seen in the lad. The uh, he's the only one I can say really played himself out of contention because Liverpool have so few options of uh, of adults. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of the kids particularly played themselves into contention. Uh, I think they're kids. And in most squads, they'd be seen as kids, but in our paper thin squad, they're seen as, uh, as starters in some cases. And, uh, I think that's very unfair because that's not how footballers uh, are developed these days. Uh, certainly not top level ones. Uh, the minutes are not being spread out, uh, and they're not being, they're, they're being fed into every, every situation, whether Liverpool be winning, whether they be losing, yeah. whether morale's high, whether morale's low. These guys are actually needed as part of the squad. And that's, uh, that's quite sad to see. The, in terms of playing himself into contention, I, I did think Ox did well when he came on and, uh, he, you could tell. You could tell that you could tell that he is an adult. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he's he's yeah. not uh, he's not a developing young player, and he, he looked like he knew what he was doing, and that was good to see. So maybe there's something to maybe there's something to say that he maybe played himself into contention, and he could uh, he could fall part of. I think we're going to have to put the four three three away. I think we have to because we don't have a left side forward option that we can that, that's viable with both. Uh, with both Diaz and Jota out. So maybe a diamond midfield or something like that's going to be needed. And that's where maybe Ox could come into, uh, into a role there on the left-hand side. And I'm not advocating that Ox is given a new contract and is here for another four years, but maybe in this sort of transitional period that we're about to go through where there are serious high stakes to be played for, that there's something to be said for Ox maybe sort of holding his own in that left midfield position, because no, I don't think we've really got anyone better for that just now. And, he may only last one or two games before the next injury, but to me that I'd, I'd be looking at that maybe for the uh, for the Villa game. So he was one, and I, I thought Nat Phillips did well as well. I, 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 again, it's not <laughs> how hard can it be to be a guy that you probably know within yourself that you're not a top level Premier League centre half, yeah. and there you go, go and mark that cyborg. You know what I mean? It's like a we've got an injury, another injury. Go go and mark that cyborg lad. He, he keep him busy for a bit. And he did fit. He did a fairly good job. And uh, I mean, that's all. He, he can't fault the guy for effort. He really does. He really gives it everything. And I hope that when he does eventually get his movie, he, he goes somewhere and has a really good career for himself because he deserves it. Yeah, indeed. I almost thought we had our headline then for a second. Eddie Gibbs recommends Oxlade-Chamberlain extension, but he nicely clarified it and got out of it there. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all that. Maybe I think the the biggest thing that will have to be remembered at times this season, it's not necessarily their fault, but if Elliot, Carvalho, even potentially, Badge is going to be called upon, maybe set expectations accordingly, especially as the, the adults, as we'll call them, tend to be injured quite often. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. And this one, Eddie, moving into there, you mentioned, I'm just going to touch upon it. You said specifically 4-3-3, can it? Because 
as you kind of alluded to, there are only real two, two fit senior centre forwards, aren't there really, or forwards in Nunes and Sauer. Are you thinking, I'll probably put it on you a bit here, would you do it and do you think Klopp will do it? I know that's a two-part question. Would you do it and do you think Klopp would do oh, it? If, I, if I'd had the answers to these questions for the past five or six years, I'd, uh, I'd be in a really good place by now. It's uh, What I would do and what Klopp would do uh, are, are normally completely different things. And, Hundred probably hundred percent of the time he'll be the one in the right. You know what I mean? It's not for me to question uh, the, a football manager. And but uh, for me, I would I would definitely been off the four three three. As I said, I, ju- I just don't think it can work with the personnel that's available, and it's too risky with the schedule that we've got ahead of us as well. It's not like you've got. It's not. They would have to play every game. You know what I mean? The same players yeah. would have to be turned out every single game. And that's just not sustainable in the modern game. So, uh, no, and I actually think he will move away from it as well. I think he has to, but uh, who knows? You know what I mean? Klopp is very stubborn with these things. And if he's got if he's got something that he wants to do and he's going to stick to it, then that's what he'll do. But... Uh, <laughs> excuse yeah. me. I think, I, think that, I think that he would have had a plan already from this training camp in Dubai of what he was going to do with his forward line. Now, let's just assume that that would have meant Firmino, Salah, Nunes. There's no way he's playing all three of them in every single match anyway. So one of them them would have had to have been on the bench at times, you know what I mean? So you have to think that he was already sort of planning to move away from four three uh, uh, certainly a three a three in the forward line because he just doesn't have the personnel to do it so unless of course they're going to catch us off guard and th- we're going to see a player holding a shirt up by a christmas tree virgil van dyke style in the next couple of days then uh then perhaps that's where things could change but for now, I absolutely think he moves away from a three in the forward line and he goes with uh he goes with Nunes through the middle and probably Salah slightly more inverted position on the right rather than out on the touchline, which is something all of us have been advocating for a while anyway. So I think that's what we'll see with some sort of diamond shape in the midfield. Wolf, look at this change of tack from Eddie Gibbs there. So just a, a quick few quick fires I'll allow you, Eddie, here without too much explanation. Who are you sent to half for Villa? Uh, for Villa, it's going to be Virgil van Dijk and Joel Mata. Nice and easy. Fullbacks, Trent and Robbo? Uh, hmm, I think it has to be. Uh, I didn't think Robbo was particularly great last night, but I'll just put that yeah. down to, uh, I'll just put that down to, to sort of preseason game, as I call it, the uh, glorified preseason game that that was. Uh, I expect it will be, uh, I expect it will be those two, yeah. And he's given us a diamond, ladies and gents. So, Mr. Gibbs, talk us through your, guy, your diamond each well, point. It's going to be for for me. It's going to be Fabinho and uh, Thiago as a, as as a setting players in a, a double pivot, and then you'll have uh, I'd have Henderson on the right, and then uh, the left one's tricky. I, I think it has to be Ox, but it might not be. You know, what I mean, he could go Carvalho. He could go because uh, there's less defensive responsibility there. You know, what I mean, he could go that. He could go Cater. I would go for Ox. I really would. It's not. It's not something I thought I'd be saying coming on this show, incidentally, but it's, it's, it's what I would do just looking at the uh, the options laid out in front of me. I can see a case there. And probably we pleased to know, ladies and gents, I didn't even give Eddie the script for that. I just wanted to put him on the spot and see what he'd do. So four four two diamond style. We will see come Boxing Day anyway. Eddie, we've got to... We should talk about the opposition. It's always a good one that I want to 
discussed. I know we have stories such as Rival Recon, that type of thing in more depth, but naturally it's going to set the scene for the game. And listen, Boxing Day, it's a football occasion, isn't it, really? That is the greatest thing about Boxing Day, just the amount of games all day you can watch. So focus on Aston Villa. I mean, you only need to build it up, like you said. There is no wiggle room in this race for fourth spot now. We are chasing. There are people wanting to take those spots from us. Quick question, yes or no, must win, do you see as? No, I don't think it's a must win. Uh, it's a should win. Uh, I think that where we, where we are with this, right, is that for three years, four years... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. We've literally been watching one opponent each week and worried yep. about their results, okay? That, but that opponent only plays against a team that almost every time they take to the field, they're better than. And True. they should win. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're financially doped to the hell. They should beat every opposition that they play. If they don't win, then that's a, that's a, a little breakdown in the system because that's what they've been set up to do. They should win the league every single year. For us to win it the year that we did is an outlier. You know what I mean? It's a, the, the, the default position of league champions, and I said this in the predictions polls and stuff that we did on Discord at the start of the season, the default position every season should be Man City win the league. If they don't win the league, then something has gone wrong with their system. Uh, yeah. And it's let someone else in, or someone else has just had a, a fantastic season like we did a, a few years ago. And uh, I think that what that does, though, is that, uh, when we're not in that situation that we don't, then none of our business anymore. They're, they're gone. You know what I mean? Them and yeah. Arsenal are, are, are gone. Arsenal could be clawed back. I don't think Man City will be, but all of these opponents now competing for fourth place, they've all got to play each other. Mm. They've got to play us and they've got to play each other. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw it last season. <laughs> No, I agree. You don't have to win. You probably agree with that. It's not a should win. Oh, sorry, it is a should win, but it's not a must win yeah. because of the mini league you're playing Absolutely. within, so to speak. Absolutely. And we saw it last year. The teams were all, give it, just when you thought someone was in the top four driving seat, they threw it away. It was like yeah. no, one want, no one wanted it. Between United, <laughs> yeah. Spurs, Arsenal, none of them wanted it. It was like the, the, the positions changed so much. So I think this top four battle will go all the way to the wire. What would be nice is for Liverpool to win games like this and put a run together and yeah. kind of push, push, put some pressure on 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 sort of the the form that we've achieved in the past. A nice run of eight wins on the trot, just for example. 
Like, yeah. we, and we know this team have done that before. That would almost put you back in second place. You know what I mean? Come the end of the season. One of these really strong runs. And I think it's, again, it's easy to think, oh, we're at Christmas time. We're talking about Boxing Day. We're, we're, we're effectively at, the, at mid-November in terms of the fixtures, traditionally. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, we're not halfway through the season yet. We're a third of the way through the season. So, yeah. and going back historically, as we did as uh, legacy fans, shall we say, uh, we were used to Liverpool having awful Novembers. It used to be a thing that we talked Gosh, about. Yeah. Liverpool used to have an awful November, and you would speak to them, and they would come on strong and still win the league by nine points. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, so, I, I'm, I'm not going to say any game just now over this Christmas period is a must win, but... I really do think it's time that we put our line in the sand and, and sort of show that we can get back to some sort of level of form. And it would be nice not to have to have miracles required, like goalkeepers heading in in the 96th minute to try and <laughs> yeah. get you fourth place. You know what I mean? It would be nice if we can maybe buy a couple of players in this window, go on a run and make seconds still. You know what I mean? That would be nice with, with, without having to have a huge battle. Maybe that's kind of my hope, if you like, the silver lining of getting knocked out of things like the Carabao Cup. And maybe accepting that your FA Cup run's going to end at the third round. These are the things that you hope will be catalysts to that, uh, to achieving perhaps second. So I'm still hopeful we would get second. But And if you're asking about... Then it's... It's not really a must-win. It's, it's a should-win. It's a should-win. No, that, that is fair enough. I think they're never going to admit it publicly, but I'm pretty sure or pretty confident that Jurgen Klopp would snap your hand off just to take fourth place right now. So, yeah, we'll, we will see. We do want to talk about Villa, a, a couple of things. So, if you look at since Emery's come in, Eddie, they've, been, they've done quite well, haven't they, that new manager bounce? But let, let's be clear at the same time, this is not any new manager. This is the manager with a strong CV. Sets up in a certain way as well, as Klopp mentioned. Very and Some of their wide men have really started to shine. Different to what they did under Gerrard as well. Plays um, one up top. Very distinct, sometimes one in behind, whereas you no know, Gerard sort of alternated with that. We're almost trying to find a sale, I say Stevie was at, at Villa. One interesting thing as well, very much, is he likes them to play out from the back. All Emery's teams have played out from the back, which I'm not saying Villa are incapable of that, shall we say, but very different to, to maybe Villa teams we've seen in recent times, especially under Dean Smith and what they tried to do and maybe what they changed to, if that's the right phrase, with Stevie. So, Looking at Villa, and I'm conscious not just to name-check the easy players, even though Klopp specifically talked about a few, anyone you look at Villa and think, they're a threat, we need to keep a real eye on them Boxing Day or a plan for at all, anyone you're really thinking in that mould? With this fixture, I think it's one of those, uh, you know they say that the fixture list what's it, the table never lies, that's the yeah. cliche that, that's a cliche that we used to hear. I, I think the table always lies because I think when you play these fixtures, if you played Villa eight weeks ago, yeah, that's a completely different, completely different scenario to playing Villa now. It's like if you play Wolves now as well. They're, these two teams have just massively upgraded their managers. Yeah, uh, we've got to play both of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, it's yeah. it, it, it's a completely different proposition to playing against these teams now, and that that's where the fixture list has its quirks. 
The uh, we're, we're playing against a, a Villa side which will become much more organised and effectively he's just had a form of pre-season with these players as well. It's not like he's just come in, new manager bounce and maybe win a couple of games and then kind of True. go back into their shell. He's actually going to have been able to work on things and go into this period with a real template. He's a very, very good manager. And like you said with the system, it's very much retrofit, <laughs> retrofit what you saw at Sevilla, let, retrofit what you saw at Villarreal, yeah. retrofit what he tried to do at Arsenal as well. Uh, he, he'll get these guys playing some good football and they're not a bad side. They're actually, I think there's a decent squad there. He seems to have already decided that Felipe Coutinho is not for him. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which you'd have expected. You know what I mean? He's just not, he's just not the mold of Emery player at all. And I think that we're going to see, like you say, with the wide men that, that what he'll do with Bailey will be interesting. Yeah. I think he could do. I think he could do some real good work with him. And Villa have some excellent kids as well. And he's a he's an ideal manager for them because we look at Arsenal now and Mikel Arteta's taking a lot of the credit for the likes of Smith Rowe and Saka and these guys, but and Martinelli. But they're all they were all there under Emery. You know, what I mean, he gave them Drake. all their start. He gave them all their start. And he'll do that at Villa as well. And I think that uh, I think this is a really really tough first game back for us. Going into going into Villa because he'll have done some work with him and Klopp. I don't think Klopp has the best of records against him either. No, uh, it's a, it's a, he 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 he's like you know like when we whenever we played against Ancelotti, I remember when he got appointed at Everton and you thought to yourself, by hook or by crook, no matter how bad Everton are, they'll get a result against us somehow <laughs> with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's it's almost like Ancelotti's Klopp's kryptonite and. Emre's not too far behind. He's got some sort of superman, anti-superman drug as well. So it's, uh, I think that it's one of the, it's one of the worst managers for Klopp to face. Uh, that said, I still do expect to win, but I think it will be a much harder game than, uh, that, that, than we'd have thought a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Very, very much as well. We've probably got a few players we, I'd say, are intrigued by maybe Comza, like it's centre back. There's been talks, obviously, Jacob Ramsey hasn't there, that we've been linked with him in recent times as well. And the obvious one that, as you mentioned, Bailey, but the obvious one, we've got to point towards the former Red, Danny Ing. So, yeah, got name-checked in the press conference as well. Interesting, they went into a bit of depth there, Klopp, saying specifically that Ingsy would have made it. It was just because of his injuries that he didn't. But them name-checked how he'd done well at Southampton. Well, we can't forget he has scored a winner against us previously. Fingers crossed that doesn't get repeated. And then how he's done at Villa. But hopefully he has a very quiet game. But yeah, this is going to be tough. But Eddie expects a win despite that. And we're going to put him right on the spot, ladies and gents, in the beat the host. So, Eddie, I'm looking for Colours to the Mast, your score prediction, and our first scorer if you obviously believe we do score at all, but I suspect you do, because when you thought we'd win. So, the score and our score, Eddie. I think Liverpool will win 2-1. Uh, I think it'll be a penalty, and Mohamed Salah will score the goal. Uh, that's the easy answer. <laughs> it's a hedge in my bets. But the uh, I think it'll be uh, I think we'll be 2-0 ahead, and uh, uh, I think they'll probably get a late consolation, and it'll be kind of a nervous last few minutes for uh, for us watching on. But uh, I, I think a 2-1 win with Salah scoring the first goal. So the first guest of the show goes 2-1 to us with Salah opener by a penalty as well. Interesting. I, I won't mark you down if it isn't a penalty because we'll take any sort of Salah opener in all honesty. I would have gone 2-1, but just for the interest of 
competitiveness, Eddie. I will go 2-0. And I'll put mine back in behind Darwin. That's not what I call him as a favourite pet name, but I will put my back in behind Darwin. So yeah. he's got a much to... more he's got a much more explicit pet name for him, I can assure you. He does, but we don't know what time the show will go out exactly. So uh, <laughs> Darwin, 2-0 for the hosts and 2-1. Eddie puts him first for the guests. So fingers crossed. It, listen, either one of those will take it. Is it. I think you phrased it well there, Eddie. It's a, a should win. We'd love to win. Probably not a must win, but get, ground could be lost, shall we say, quickly in a, in a tight time frame. So Fingers crossed, we will see what happens comes Boxing Day. And just as a reminder, I think we did mention it earlier, but the embargo section is lifted at 10.30 on Christmas Day. So hopefully, Eddie, there's a nice big present, not in the form of Jude Bellingham, as confirmed by Jurgen Kropp, but something Virgil van Dyke style under the tree or next to the tree. But we'll have to see. But ladies and gents, we won't go on any longer than that because naturally it's just designed to, to talk through the presser, preview the game that we've got with Villa, look at the learns from City, and fingers crossed you enjoyed listening to me and Eddie. Eddie, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, sir, to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, and and, and I really would like it if we could bring this show back. It used to be one that people listened to uh, right before a match, that was the whole idea, because it really is a short window of listening, we totally understand yeah. that. We try and record it as quick as we can after these clock pro- uh, press conferences, and get it out so that you've got time to listen to it, along, along with all the other content that comes out pre-match on Anfield Index. But we accept that it is in close proximity to the game. And I know you're trying to build up a panel that are available to do this. It generally will happen on a Friday afternoon. That's just the natural order of it. And uh, if anyone does want to get involved, hit Dave up on Discord. He's he's back on there now. So uh, go in the... uh, the VIP chat, the VIP LFC chat, and let Dave know if you'd like to get involved in some podcasting yourself and discuss these press conferences, because uh, the only way this show works is with a decent-sized panel, because everyone has lives, everyone has jobs. We we totally get that, and uh, that's what made it very difficult for us to continue the show uh, once Gags was required uh, back on the back on the nine-to-five grind. So uh, that was why, uh, why why we had to put a pin in this show for now. But it's nice to see it back. Uh, it's certainly one if I'm not on it, I'll. I'll I always enjoy listening to, but I'll uh, I'll try and get involved as much as I can because uh, fortunately I am one of the people that do tend to have a bit of availability on a on a Friday afternoon. And all that remains for me to say is thank you to everyone for sticking with Anfield Index this year. I know I've I've not been on many shows myself. Uh, I've been away for a while now, but I'm going to try and get back into it in the new year a bit. And uh, a Merry Christmas to everyone and their families, and a Happy New Year uh, when it comes as well. So uh, that that will finish me off, Dave. And well done to you on your first uh, your first stab at hosting. I know you've uh, been on a few podcasts over the years and uh, you've been as a guest and I think this is the first time we've uh, we've had your host a show and uh, I think you've done an absolutely admirable job so well done to you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you as well pal and yeah well first one in the bag fingers crossed it's followed by a three points and Merry Christmas to all listeners so that is me and Eddie signing off guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. 
you won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.